Everybody stand to your feet and give God a hand praise for Pastor Wayne as he comes. Don't stand for me. When the donkey rode into Jerusalem with Jesus on his back, the donkey never thought it was for him. You know, too many, too many people do that, though. They think the praise is for them, but it's not. You're just the donkey that Jesus is riding on, okay? So that's your first sermon. And I wrote down a reference, but I wrote down the wrong reference, which I'm good for, so I ain't got time to look it up, so I'm not going to quote it. But the disciples came to Jesus with a concern. It seemed that Jesus had preached a sermon that offended some of those who listened. They said to him, Lord, don't you know the Pharisees were offended by your sermon? Now, when I, I, I'm, I'm teaching more than preaching, okay, but I don't ask, ask you this. You don't have to answer. I'm not asking questions for answers. I'm asking questions to get you to think. That's a form of teaching, by the way. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been offended by a preacher about something he said in his sermon? Well, of course not. Because we never offend, right? None of us have, don't raise your hand, but none of us have ever been offended, right? You ever been offended, Tony? I'm going to pick on you. You ever been offended? How about you, Pam? You ever been offended? Never, 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 never. Okay. Now, this message was a very hard message for me to prepare. Matter of fact, I've been wanting to do this all year, but every time I was Scheduled to preach, the Lord gave me something, said I want something else, so here it is. And I think he saved it for this time. We live in a time where a coffee cup or a plastic potato head or a sports team name creates a firestorm of offended people. It's a time when you must not call a male a mister or define what a woman is or the worst of it is, don't ever say a man can't get pregnant. Anybody ever said that? Don't say that. Okay? We all know that men can get pregnant, don't we? That's what they're trying to tell us. And none of us know what a woman is, right? I mean, if a Supreme Court justice doesn't, why would we know what a woman is? Okay? But it shouldn't surprise you because one of the signs Jesus said in his coming is many will be offended. He uses the word scandalized, fall away, uh, tripped up, trapped up, but it all means the same thing, offended. During my time here in this church, I have seen more people offended in the service and get up and leave than I did in my 23 years of pastoring. Just amazing. And they don't get up quietly. It's almost as if they're proud that they got trapped in an offense. And if that's not enough, they go on social media and tell the world how they were offended as if the world cares. Huh? You really care if somebody got offended? And you don't even know who the person is? And don't think just because you got so many people on your Facebook site that nobody else in the world can see it because all they got to do is be on their Facebook site and it just explodes. So anybody can look at anybody's Facebook site if you just know how to do it. Okay? So, yes, this is a hard message, but I'm going to give it. 
It is possible that someone somewhere has already got offended by what I said. Okay? And they're going to seek me out on Facebook, and they're going to slam me. But if that's one of you guys in here, I hope not, but out there, make sure you find the right Wayne Ritchie. I have three accounts. I know, I know they're in my name, and that's a long story in itself. You know, you, I worked for a business that required I go on Facebook. I no longer work for that business in the last probably 15 years, and I'm still on Facebook with that business. And people sometimes will send something on there. I, once in a while, I'll check it. So if you find me and you express how offended you are that I preached a sermon on offense, do I get offended that you're offended? And then you get offended that I'm offended, and then I get offended that you're offended, and when you get offended that I'm offended, and we just keep going on and on and on? Huh? Will it never end? Maybe I could get your address and send you one of the thousand cups out there with the word offense on them. Go online, type in offense, a cup that says offense. It amazes you. I found a nice one. If I offended you, my work is done. You can get it on eBay, but I'm not going to buy it because it's like 15 bucks. And I wouldn't send, spend the money on you because you're not worth it. So what do I do? What do I do? I do what Jesus said. When they said to him, the Pharisees are offended by what you said. Anybody know what he said back to them? He said, ignore them because they're blind. Ignore them. We got to learn to ignore people that slam us on social media or in person or whatever, okay? And we got to see them as blind. But wait a minute, can I use the word blind? Isn't that offensive? You don't say blind anymore, by the way. You say visually challenged, okay? So I just offended somebody else by saying blind. Satan, with the help of many, wants to squash anything that they don't like, and they don't like the Word of God, and they're trying to squash it. They don't like things like 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor perverts, nor those who practice in homosexuality will inherit the kingdom of God. Or how about 1 John 2, 4? If you don't keep Jesus' commandments, you're a liar. Can I say that? Can I call a liar a liar? No, you can't. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Don't you know that? They're called fan, fantastic or something like that. F-A-N-T-A-S-I-S-T. What is it? Fantasy. I looked at the meaning. You know what it means? Someone who imagines or dreams about something they desire. So we're all, which makes us all liars. Okay, so don't ever call somebody a liar, okay? Because you can get in trouble for that. George Whitfield, a great British preacher in the 18th century, said, It is a poor sermon that does not give offense, that neither makes the hearer displeased with himself nor with the preacher. I've preached a lot of sermons and gone home and had to repent for what I preached to myself. Because when you preach a sermon, you not only preach it that way, you preach it this way. If I'm pointing one finger to you, I'm pointing three to myself. Okay, and I can get convicted 
about a sermon long before I even preach it. So I already dealt with my, I already dealt with my offenses, so I don't have to worry about them. Now it's your turn to deal with yours, okay? So I got mine all taken care of. Okay? Now I don't want to give a poor sermon. So in preparing this sermon, I like to use illustrations. There was a um, decorated veteran who got up to give a speech at a military, veterans military convention. And while he was speaking, he said a word that offended somebody in the crowd so much that they ran up and attacked him on the stage. Anybody know what word it was? God. He put, said God in his speech. It's, he, the guy did the right thing. He sued the guy that attacked him, and the suit is still in court. Okay? By the way, it was the Air Force. No offense. But the Air Force commander or whoever was in charge did not press charges against the guy that attacked the guy on the stage because he wasn't supposed to use the word God in his speech. Okay? Still in courts. I heard this week on the radio a story of a Christian who was offended by another Christian over this. But it wasn't like this. It was a Bible that had pictures in it. And there was a picture of Jesus in the picture Bible. And the lady found out the other Christian lady had it, and she got so offended at her, and that she told her, you can't have that kind of Bible. That, that's idolatry. You're worshiping an idol. You're worshiping that picture. She went on, 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 on. All because of, I got three picture Bibles in my house. I hope she never moves in next to me. Okay? You got a two-year-old, you want a picture Bible. Okay? That poor old two-year-old doesn't know. It paints pictures because don't, words don't mean anything to them. Get all my notes together here. Now, I want to switch this message. This is a rat trap. I was going to set it, but I changed my mind because I don't want to panic people out for a 76-year-old man to set a rat trap. It's not a wise idea. <laughs> but I did set it in my office last night, and the reason why I'm going to set it here is because when I sprung it, it jumped. It made a very loud noise, and I don't want... I don't want to have it up here and set it, so I'm not going to set it, okay? But this is a rat trap. I can't catch a rat with a mouse trap. I can't catch a fly unless I have a... I need a fly trap to catch a fly. I need a rabbit trap to catch a rabbit. The devil needs an offensive trap to catch you. Exactly, the one of the best meanings of offense is... A snare that has been set for you that you touch and it springs and it's got you trapped. So this trap is down here that the devil has set for you and you're walking along and it springs or will spring, but it wasn't take to get it to spring. You got to touch it. So you are not, so when the devil sets a trap of offense for you, the way you, or one of the ways you overcome it is you don't touch it, okay? You don't touch it. It's a trap that he has set to get you, okay? 
Now, what is his goal? His goal is to get you to shut up. Okay? He wants to take you captive and force you to do his will, not God's, to destroy your destiny. The goal of this church, Pastor Chris, Pastor Carly, Tony, Jared, Jordan, myself, and anybody else who stands up here preaching like Lee or anybody else, if you get to know the truth and come to your senses and escape the snares of the devil, 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26, okay? The devil lays an offense in front of you. And anytime we stand up here and we preach, nobody's walked out yet, so I guess I'm okay. Anytime we stand up here and preach, we are preaching the word of God for you to have some common good sense. That's why we do this. And like I said, when we preach to you, we have preached to ourselves. See, I'm preaching to you for just a few minutes, but I preached to myself for probably 15, 20 hours preparing this. Okay? And don't think, I get convicted a lot of times because I'm preparing something to tell you and I'm having trouble with it in my own life. So I got to deal with it first. Okay? So he wants to snare us. So my goal is so we become an unoffended, unoffendable church. That we do not get offended. And when offense is going to come, who knows who's who, you know, next time somebody's going to charge in the service and start screaming all, at all of us for being worshiping the devil or being a cult or whatever, okay? So I want to talk to you about how you can become a person who cannot be offended. One, realize it is an effort of our enemy to snare you. Psalms 38.2, and I'm going to pray it. Satan, you seek my life by laying a snare of offense somewhere in front of me, but I'm not going to step on it. I refuse. Two, Release the, realize that offenses will come. Jesus said in Luke 17, 1, that they will. So you pray, Jesus, you told me offenses will come, so I'm going to prepare myself for them. If you want healing from God, you've got to walk in healing. You've got to declare healing before you need the healing. You've got to, and I'm going to bring this up at the end, I'll say it now. You've got to declare victory before you get the victory. You've got to declare victory before you fight the battle. You can't fight the battle and then be declaring victory in the middle of the battle because it doesn't work. You declare victory first and then you fight the battle. You declare your healing and then you walk in the healing. Then when you get sick, you say, hey, what, what are you doing here, sickness? Okay? I'm walking in healing. Now, that's something you've got to do on your own. I cannot do it for you. I cannot answer questions. I cannot say why this person dies, why that person dies. Why uh, some, or some person in our church in Seattle area was out mowing the lawn and dropped dead, and I dropped dead, and I'm still alive? Why isn't he? I don't have the answer to that. I just have the answer. I don't even have the answer for myself, and God's never given it to me. I keep asking him once in a while. And then you need to pray. Psalms 141.9. Keep me from falling into this trap of the enemy that he laid before me. So when the offense is before you, you're walking along. I'll pick this up. It may take me five minutes, but. When the offense is before you and the trap is set, first thing, one of the things you need to do is overlook it. Proverbs 19.11. 
you offended me, and God considers it a glory for me to overlook it, so I'm going to overlook it. I'm not going to let you offend me. You're not, shall I say it, or offend somebody? You're not worth it. Okay? I'm not going to let you offend me. I'm not going to let you take charge of my life. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you cause me to spring this trap. Because you didn't really set it, the devil did. Okay? You're just, a, you're just a conduit. The devil is the one that sets the trap, and I'm not going to let you offend me. And I, because the glory of God is going to be mine if I overlook it. Secondly, don't take it seriously. Ecclesiastes 7.21. Sermons, contrary to what some of you may believe, we do not sit around and think, let's see, what can I preach to Ren? I want to preach to you this month. What can I preach to you? Let's see if, oh, I know what. I got a special sermon just for you. We don't do that. Okay? We preach what the Word of God says. Okay? We don't sit around and think about who needs this sermon. If we sit around and think about who needs it, we need it. Okay? So the sermon was not prepared for you. So I will not be offended by the words that I hear that I don't agree with. By the way, if you agree with everything I say, there's something wrong. Okay? One of the things about Bible study is you get to speak. And you get to say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, you don't have to agree with that. I don't, it doesn't bother me you don't agree with that. Okay? Al and I disagree on a lot of things. But we never have conflict because it's not an issue. Okay? Now, I know Al's wrong in everything he believes, but it doesn't bother him. I still let him speak once in a while. Okay? He's a good, he's a good teacher. Very good teacher. Okay? So nothing is prepared just for you. And thirdly, grow up. Don't be so immature to things that everyone should have the same view as you do. Grow up. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Self. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but now I'm an adult, I'm putting away childish things, and one of them is expecting everybody to have the same view I have. Okay? You know, I've ha I have a sister that doesn't believe in the Trinity. She's saved, loves the Lord, and going to heaven, and I'm going to see her there. We don't have any conflicts, because I do believe in the Trinity. I had a good friend in Hawaii that was a seven-day Adventist, lost his son. They believe in soul sleep. I don't. I believe he goes straight to Jesus. I went to, I went to comfort him. I made a statement, which I probably should not have made, but I said, you know, your son is with Jesus. He said, no, he's not. He's asleep. I didn't argue him on that. I didn't stress the issue. I didn't bring it up again. I realized that that's what they believe, that he's asleep right now, and he'll wake up someday in the arms of Jesus. Okay, so I don't have any problem with that. So grow up and be mature and realize everybody's not going to think the way you think. Number four, capture it. Second Corinthians ten fifteen offense, I capture you and I'm taking you to Christ to see what he wants me to do with you. Okay, okay that's what I'm going to do. Number five, crucify it. Galatians five twenty four. Lord, I belong to you. I have crucified my flesh with his passions and desires. An offense is an emotion, and I will not let it rise up within me. 
Number six, lay it aside. Hebrews 12.1. Lord, I have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding me, so I will lay aside this offense that wants to trap me, and I will run with endurance the race that is before me. Number seven, focus. Hebrews 12.2. Fix your eyes on Jesus, and you can't see the offense. I'm looking at Jesus. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at Jesus. That's who I'm looking at. I know the fences is coming. The Bible says it. But I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. And number eight, the one, probably the one of the most powerful is forgive. Luke 6, 37. Lord, I know I've been offended. And you have forgiven me because I've offended you. And because you chose to forgive me because I offended you, I chose to forgive the offense against me. By the way, anybody never... Anybody here never offended the Lord? Huh? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. Okay? So if you leave a church offended, guess what happens? The offense goes with you. Okay? You don't... You, see, the offense has you trapped. By the way, it doesn't hurt. The fence has you trapped. Okay? You're trapped. It's attached to you. So when you leave because you're offended, what do you do? If you walk into another church the following Sunday, guess what? That offense walks in with you. Okay? That's what happens. So I got a little story here. You're standing at the door as a greeter. A new person comes into the church, you greet them and say, and they say to you, I've come into your church with an offense attached to me. Now, they wouldn't say that, but they don't, they don't realize it because it's spiritual. I got this offense sitting in another church. I didn't like what the pastor preached. He offended me. So I got up and left in the middle of the sermon, and I was so proud of myself that I let people know that I was leaving. And I went on social media for all the people to see what, what happened to me. Yes, I know my judgment is clouded. And I know in time I will get offended by someone in this church. Okay? If I had bought a second rat trap, I'd take it to my other hand. Okay? But I didn't think about it. Offenses grow. They do not shrink. Okay? They do not, actually, they don't go away. What you do with the offense is you give it to Jesus. I told you what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is giving it to Jesus. Vengeance is mine, thus said the Lord, I will repay. The need to forgive does not go away. It's just you just gave it to Jesus. Okay, Jesus is yours, you take it. This is the offense. You say, okay, Jesus. I was offended, and rightly I was offended. By, I, didn't, I was offended by whatever it was, you know. It doesn't, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're wrong to be offended. But I was offended. So, Jesus, I'm giving my offense to you. I'm not going to let it keep itself attached to me. But you, so the guy says, I know my judgment is clouded, and the time I will get offended by someone in this church, and I will leave with my offense doubling in weight, but I don't know that. The fence will tell me it is the fault of the one who offended me. In time, I will quit going to church altogether. And my offense 
has assured me it is never my fault. It's always somebody else's. If they would just not take a different view than mine, I would not get offended. So if you people would believe everything I tell you, I will not get offended at you. I promise. Okay? And I don't preach a long time. Like, not you. I didn't say anything. Are you, are you offended by that look? So I'm going to close with this. I want you to examine yourself. I want you to take the time to ask the Holy Spirit, do I have an offense? I want you to recognize that you have an offense, and it may have occurred a long time ago. The thing about offenses is you could have been offended at nine years old, and now you're 69, and that offense from 60 years ago is affecting you. It has affected you your whole life. So we are getting, we are in an age where many people are offended, where they are attacking people because they're offended. They don't like what they say. They don't know what the word says. For example, the Bible says a woman shall not teach a man. There are people that won't allow women to speak in a church. What they, all they got to do is open the Greek. It says a wife is not allowed to teach her husband. That's what it says. The word man means husband. Okay? That's exactly what it's talking about. But why? Because husbands are supposed to teach the wife. It's our job to be the priest of the home. Puts more responsibility on us. Okay? Now, if the husband doesn't do his job, who's going to take over? Second in command. Okay? There's a lot of wives that teach because their husband needs to be taught, okay? Doesn't mean you're going against scripture, right? Be better off, I mean, you're better to teach them than, than let them stay in ignorance. And if they don't teach the kids, who does? The wife teaches the kids. So when you, when you quote scripture, make sure you know what you're quoting, okay? But you can have an offense a long time ago. And the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you this. You will leave here with a victory over the offense, but the victory has to come before the battle. I would love to stand up here and have anyone who has an offense come up here and lay hands on you and speak to that offense, and instantly it goes away. But the Holy Spirit said, that's not going to happen. He wants you to know that the victory comes before the battle. Your decision to overcome the offense starts the battle. And you've won it, but you're still going to battle it. For example, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. What does that tell you? That tells you that there will be weapons formed against you. It doesn't say that they won't, you won't have any weapons. It's just you stand on the promise that that weapon's not going to prosper. No matter how big the weapon is, it's not going to prosper. No matter how long the battle takes, it's not going to prosper. No matter what happens, what occurs, it's not going to prosper because I stand on what the Word of God says. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Isaiah 54, 17, and I speak that verse. So the Holy Spirit wants you to realize that God, if you choose 
to get rid of the offense, that you will probably still feel offended. But you get up, you leave the church, you determine you are not going to be offended, and the Lord says to you that I am going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think through the power that works in you, Ephesians 3.20. That power that works in you is the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 3.16. So make the decision to give up the offense and let the Holy Spirit do the work. So I want everybody to bow their heads, and your musicians want to come up, and everybody bow their heads. If you're here this morning, and you've examined yourself, and you have been shown by the Holy Spirit that you have an offense against someone, I want you to raise your hand, and I want to pray for you, and I want to assure you that the victory is yours. It's just you've got to go out and fight the battle. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these hands that have been lifted. I pray, Lord, they would realize the power of the Holy Spirit dwells within them. That they have the power, Lord, to overcome because the victory is theirs. The battle will be fought, but God, you have got some amazing things in store for them. And that victory will be strong and that victory will be powerful. And that offense will be forgiven. That offense will be overcome. And they will gain the things that you desire for them to have, Father. And I declare this and speak this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord.